What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome in to another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, I am joined with a guest that I've been waiting to have on, Porkman. Uh, he's with me at Dynasty Rewind. Porkman, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Just, you know, sitting here watching some tennis after that, that crazy Monday night football game. But I'm glad to be here talking with you about week one. You know, it's Christmas Day for guys like us. We can't wait until this stuff happens. And it's finally, finally here. Yeah, so. it, it's funny you say Christmas Day, actually, because I felt like a kid waking up on Christmas morning. And I said that verbatim to my girl. <laughs> before the game so that's pretty funny that you say that um but yeah so we are going to get into that game and then after the game we are going to talk about some starts some sits for the week and in the future we're going to have some trade targets on these episodes on these weekly episodes however you know we haven't had too much happen we've only had one game so we don't have any trade targets at the moment but we're going to go through some starts sits maybe some best bets for the week but Let's start with with you, Porkman. And first, if you want to like introduce yourself more, because the last time that we spoke on a podcast was on Dynasty Rewind, maybe like three, two or three years ago. So it's been a while. So it's been it's been a long while. So yeah. obviously, with the with a unique name like mine as Porkman, obviously because I just like to eat a lot of bacon, and a lot of people try to figure out like, wait, why is that guy's name? Somebody gave me that name years ago, and just something that stuck with me. So I put it on Twitter, and then everybody's been naming me Pork from there. So um, I've been with Dynasty Rewind for, I think, about five, six years now. It's been a long while. Uh, we just still continue to just push out content that everybody loves to do. And we bring my boy Brandon on. That, you know, he's yes. Nate's guy, but yeah. I'm going to steal him from Nate anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're glad to have you on the team. And uh, I can't wait to talk about this whole season because it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, it's it's funny because when you guys started out was about the same time I started out and we were separate and we would just kind of bounce off of each other here and there very, you know, very seldom and then kind of did our own thing for a while. Now, guys brought me in, which I am so excited about. So it's nice to be part of the Dynasty Rewind team. It's meant to be. Yeah. Um, So... With that said, we're about to get into the episode. Last thing I want to mention is if you want to hear more from me, more from Porkman, stuff like that, go check out Dynasty Rewind. You can be a Patreon for $5 a month and you get five bonus podcasts. Is it six? It might be actually six. I think it might be. I think it's five. Five, uh, right? You know what? It is six. It is six. Yeah. You get yeah. six bonus podcasts per week. So you're getting an extra like uh, 24 episodes per month for five dollars a month so break it down you're basically paying a quarter podcast so if, yeah. if you want if you want to think about it that way and you can get in a discord with us a group chat ask us start sit questions all that stuff so that's in the link that i have on my twitter on my instagram all that stuff it's where it says patreon with that said we're gonna get into it let's talk about the lions and the chiefs before we get into anything specific i gotta say i got the game ball i gotta give the game ball to somebody all right 
and my game ball is going to go to Marvin Jones with a fumble and three drops on six targets and eight total yards. That's nuts. <laughs> that was rough, man. That was I mean, rough. But but we, we can obviously give another game ball to Kadarius Tony, who <laughs> probably gave up a touchdown off of a clean drop, and then in the fourth quarter with two or three minutes left, just straight drops the ball. Well, he could have caught the ball and possibly ran in for a touchdown yeah. with his feet. Yeah, three I think drops. The, those those two were just the worst I've seen in a while. Yeah. When when it comes to both teams is having just terrible wide receiver play. Yeah, and his one of his three drops, Kadarius is actually was the interception, the one that he popped yeah. up. So yeah, he was killing them. Marvin Jones is killing them. But uh, enough with the jokes. We can go over to the guys that actually <laughs> did good. Um, so the first guy I want to talk about is Gibbs. Now, everybody knows I love Gibbs. So I'm going to give you the floor to open up with things that you saw. If you want to talk about the running back room in general, just go for the running back room. But let's let's focus on the running game for Detroit for, for the start. Yeah, well, I mean, I expected Gibbs to get the ball a lot more. Um, from what I saw, he looked super electric. From what we always been saying that we're comparing him to Alvin Kamara. And people's like, no, he's not Kamara yet. If you looked at this game, he plays the same exact way. Contact balances is on 100%. Uh, he looks like he can run it between the tackles, making everybody miss. But the guy, is, that's not the guy I want to talk to. I want to talk about David Montgomery. Seems like he got um, over 50% of the snaps um, today. And from what I saw, he looks good at doing it. And he looks better at, he looked better than Jamal Williams than he played last year. Jamal Williams looked like he was just a guy who was just a thumper. Um, getting up to one, two-yard line, and getting those uh, red zone touchdowns. Uh, David Montgomery looked like a complete back, a totally different back from when in Chicago. Looked like he slimmed down. He's not like herky-jerky the way he ran in uh, in Chicago. He's just hitting the hole and going and getting five, six yards a clip. I think this is the guy that, you know, you're going to be talking about week two, week three, where you might be able might be a trade target for your team to – you know, to push your team to the next level and possibly win yourself a chip with that type of production. Because McGibbs is not going to get all those touches. They're not going to give all the rookie, they're not give the rookie all them touches to, so they can take over the backfield. They paid Montgomery $6 million a year, so he's going to get some work. So I do think Montgomery looks good. And I think he's going to be basically exactly what he was being drafted as. The people that were drafting him understood him to be an RB2 with some good touchdown upside, not going to get much receiving work, going to be, you know, in that 15 carry range. He actually had just over 20 in this game. However, I don't think this specific game script is going to necessarily translate over the course of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Gibbs will get worked in more. We did actually get a report before the game that Gibbs was going to kind of be eased in, which we saw. There was It was almost like every third drive that Gibbs was in because there was a couple times where like two drives, it was just Montgomery, and Gibbs would come in for maybe a play or two. But like you said, man, when I saw Gibbs, and, and I'm not disappointed. Some people might be disappointed in this game from him. This is kind of what I was expecting in the first game. I did think he had a better chance at a touchdown, which he might have been able to have if it wasn't for Marvin Jones' red zone fumble because that was that was Gibbs's drive. Gibbs had two receptions in that drive for like 18 yards, had a big chunk run for like 20 yards that got them down the field. And then they were in the red zone. Gibbs was still in. They do like a little 
quick slant to Marvin, and then he gives the ball up. So that was disappointing. Um, but I think this might be a really good chance to capitalize on possibly Gibbs, because I still, I don't know about you, but I would still take Gibbs over Montgomery for the course mm-hmm. of the season, especially if you're in a PPR league, because Gibbs had, uh, I think it was like about 68 or 70 yards total. Um mm-hmm. He had six yards per clip. He's super electric, breaking tackles, juking people out, making a miss. And he's going to be more efficient than Montgomery. It's what we expected. Expected. Montgomery had 3.5 yards per carry. He's basically taking what the offensive line gives them, which is great for them because that's what they want from him. They have a good offensive line. Um, and that's why he's going to keep a, a very strong role for them. But for me, Gibbs, I still i am not budging yet. Um, I know people thought I was crazy having him at RB5, but I think – you know, in two, three weeks, give it a couple weeks as he gets more and more integrated into that offense. And I think he can be producing at that level because he's not going to be getting two receptions a game. He's going to be getting more than that. And, you know, there's not really much that's going to change. And with what we saw with the receiver play, I mean, summing up the Lions offense in a whole to me, it's like if it's a short pass for five yards, it's Laporta. If it's a dropped pass, it's Marvin Jones. If it's a com- if it's completed from the backfield, it's Gibbs. And if it's completed Literally anywhere else, it's a Monroe St. Brown. So, I mean, Gibbs has a very good opportunity to, to you know, show out in this offense. So I'm still excited about him. Um, do you think that both of these running backs are going to pay off by the end of the year with what we saw in just one game? You know, so things could change. But with what you saw, do you think they're going to pay off their ADPs? It's kind of tough. I think Montgomery's definitely going to pay off with his ADP just because he has a touchdown upside. Um, the Gibbs one, the Gibson one, I'm not Gibson, the Gibbs one is a little tough for me because we just need to, I need to see a little bit more. I want to see them integrate him more into that offense. We see the electricity, but as you say, him being your RB five, that's a, that's a lofty, uh, expectation for a rookie. He's a guy that can do it. To be honest, he say he can get 1500 yards total this year. So if he gives you that with some touchdowns, um, during those games, it's and their possibility, but it's going to be really close. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, he's not really that – he didn't do bad in his first game to try to reach that point because to get to 1,500, he needs about 90 yards a game. He was, like, about 20 yards short from that today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's his first game. He's going to get used a lot more. He only had nine touches, seven carries, two re- two targets, two receptions. So I'm very optimistic on Gibbs. I'm loving it. I love what I saw from him. And I'm just looking at that offense. And one thing that they lack, and maybe it changes when Jamison Williams comes back. That's another discussion for the future. But the one thing that they really lack is um, the one thing that they really lack is explosivity and explosiveness. You know, just having somebody that can just spark the offense i mean amon ross st brown's a great route runner he's not like the biggest athlete he's not really doing anything too crazy and other than maybe jameson when he gets gets back i think gibbs is the main guy that's going to give them those big plays so i think they're going to start involving him more um what about the other guys you see anything else from anybody on the lions offense that sam sam laporta yep sam laporta they they kind of sprinkle him a little bit um from doing little slants and they kind of they kind of like him now. When they did the starting lineup, it made me nervous because he wasn't on that starting lineup when they said blah, blah, blah from college college. I was like, okay, this is odd. But then I think around the second quarter, he got a couple slants. Um, and he they, he got a couple third down, uh, first downs too, mm-hmm. which I really like. So, again, 
Detroit is a, is a franchise that likes to slowly integrate their rookies into their offense. And we saw, we see the Gibbs. Now we see him Laporta doing that little bit of stuff as well. Um, I'm excited about this offense, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the younger guys. So I think Laporta is, is a guy that's definitely going to take that next step and possibly be one of those tight, those rookie tight ends, that rookie tight end class that's coming in that's going to take over um, this position. Because we all know that that tear from tight ends, from tight end one to, tight end one to five, then every, it's like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Laporta is a guy that can get into that. That that bottom that bottom tier of the tight end one class. Yeah, he was he was five for five, and one thing that I saw that I liked was like you said, third downs. He got a couple targets. He made a really difficult catch that was behind him. He was running one way, it was thrown I behind him. That. He turned his torso, grabbed it, was on it. the right side of the field. Yep, and it was it was a beautiful catch. He and he was five for five. So I mean, he's showing to have those trusty hands that they were talking about in the off season, and just like we were talking about for Gibbs, I mean, they don't really have much options. I don't think anybody would say the wide receivers on this team outside of Amon Ross St. Brown are even wide receiver twos. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they need somebody to step up, and both of these rookies, I think, are going to do that for them in the long run. So I'm excited for the offense. Um, what, how are you feeling? What's your temperature on Goff? Because I know I had him a little bit lower than others. I don't really see a reason to change it. I think, you know, it's clear that this team is going to operate through the run game. Mm-hmm. Um and they're going to burn a lot of clock because of that and not have as many offensive plays because of that. Um, so I had him about, I think it was QB 20-ish. Are you feeling that's that's about where he should be at? It, it, it's kind of tough because there's so many good quarterbacks. That's um, a thing. But yeah. from what I saw today, I mean, he was throwing a couple dots out there to Josh Reynolds. Um, Amin Ra, he threw a nice pass on the left side of the field. So he can get the job done. For NFL, right? But for fantasy purposes, he's not going to give you the rushing upside that we're looking for, and he's probably not going to give you the touchdown upside that you're looking for. He's just the basic average quarterback that you need for the NFL purposes. Mm-hmm. Fantasy, he's probably going to be uh, probably a mid-range QB two for you. I would probably have him a little, probably a little bit higher than twenty, possibly. Um, don't have the quarterbacks in front of me, but. He's he got Amon Ross gonna have more touchdowns this year than he had last year, and uh, Gibbs is going to help his uh, touchdowns um, out of the backfield, throwing the ball to him in the red zone. So I think they're going to incorporate that as well, mm-hmm. um, as well as Laporta is a big tight end um, that 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 that's going to um, get you in touchdowns in the red zone too. But again, without that that rushing upside that the other run the other quarterbacks are going to give you. He's going to be that he has a cap that's not going to take you over the top. Yeah, and and I can see people making a comparison to a guy like Kirk Cousins, let's say, and I, and I'll explain Same how thing. that's completely yeah. different though, because you know Kirk Cousins doesn't give you the rushing upside, and he's your average quarterback. Blah blah blah. Him and Kirk, uh, him and Goff might be like the same player, but the difference in fantasy and why I had Kirk Cousins as like QB eleven or QB twelve oh. is the passing volume. The Lions <laughs> pass the ball like hover around 500, 550, whereas the Vikings were second most or third most in the league last year, above 650, and Kirk Cousins has better weapons. So that's the yep. difference there. Um, it's just the, the lack of weapons, the lack of passing volume, and the lack of rushing. So we seem pretty much on the same page with that. Let's move over to, uh, unless there's somebody else you want to talk about on the Lions, we can move over to the Chiefs. Uh, no, it was, it was pretty much cut and dry. They pretty much just relied on the same people. Uh, throughout the whole game, and 
if it, if that formula works for them, hey, you just beat the Super Bowl champs. Keep it keep it going. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the uh, the Chiefs. Did you how how are you feeling about this wide receiver room? Because when I look at the wide receiver room, all I gotta say is it's not for me. Um, I was a little bit on the sleeper train with Sky Moore, but with what we saw, you know, this was one of those days that could have been that opportunity for somebody to shine. Nobody did. So for me, I'm kind of out on the the room. How are you feeling about it? The only one that I wanted to be high on was Kadarius Tony, because I just believe in his pure talent. But his hands just gave up on him today. I don't know. I think it might have been his lack of practice, or because I know he was dealing with that uh, meniscus, that minor meniscus in- injury. Um, I think it's a guy that can bounce back and, and kind of take over that wide receiver room. Um, with him, it's just kind of tough. The Sky Moore, I never really was the biggest fan of Sky Moore, to be honest. Uh, that's the that's the guy that I'm always been out on. I think this the guy that kind of has the, the highest ceiling, really, will be Marquez Valdez-Scantling when it comes down to catching ceiling. the target. But the, other than that, I'm not really – I don't want anybody else. I'm not going to start Justin Watson because, mm-hmm. he, obviously, he has a rapport with Patrick Mahomes. He gets those deep passes, but he has he doesn't have enough volume when it comes to that. So I guess the only person I would really want is Tony. Hopefully, hopefully he's bouncing back. Um, but Marcus Valdez-Scantling is the only person that I would probably just want as a roster for a, just a bi-week fill-in, to be honest. I, yeah, I, I could find value in MVS if we're talking like a deep starting roster, a deep yeah, league. Yeah, like with like three flexes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because that, that's when you, you know, you want those guys that, you know, are going to get you at least like that five points to ten points and sometimes can catch a long touchdown pass. Um, I don't see him having like a ceiling where he could break out and be like a dominant receiver for them. Right. More just like, you know, maybe 850 yards kind of ceiling with you know, some, some bomb touchdowns. Um, so did you see anything in this running back room that excited you? Cause I almost had the same take on the running back room as the wide receiver room. The, the, I said Patriots for a second, the chiefs, <laughs> they kind of looking like the Patriots, how they're giving the ball to everybody. Um, the chiefs, you know, they're just spreading it around so equally that I, I don't think really anybody other than injuries that may come further into the season, anybody's really going to have a huge opportunity to shine. I mean, even Justin Watson and, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. What's the guy they picked up from the Giants? Richie James? Yeah. Richie James, yeah. yeah and so, Rashi Rice. Yeah, so Rashi Rice, like all of them were getting usage. And some people that have some Rashi Rice, you know, rookie dynasty shares, they might be excited. I will say, if you're just scouting the box score, it looks like he was better than he was. I mean, he did have some some good targets and stuff, but his touchdown, the defense completely left him. He was standing there wide open. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I could have did that. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then the rest of his his catches were pretty basic, just simple routes and stuff. So I didn't see anything too crazy to get too excited. I don't want to overinflate just a, a decent rookie game. Um mm-hmm. So, do what else do you have on this game, or you, you think we kind of covered it for the most part? Well, I mean, the, I think the, the glaring thing that kind of got me was CEH starting the game. I'm not really sure what that was about, um, especially that first drive where everybody got nervous. <laughs> he started the first two downs, and then third down was Jared McKinnon, and everybody's like, well, where the hell is Pacheco at? Mm-hmm. But then Pacheco did come in, and uh, he ran the, ball, ran the ball pretty well. I think he was dealing with a hip injury as well. But he came back in and, you know, did his job, 
the way he usually does his job. He just runs hard and does what he does. But, again, if I'm looking at this game, I don't know who to who to play, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Jared McKinnon does give you a little bit of upside, but then it, it's, that's game script dependent. Um, Pacheco did catch a couple balls today, but it's like, do, you, do they want Pacheco or do they want CEH starting the game? There's not enough because I know we're in the NFL now where it's a committee everywhere. So it's like you kind of get confused. So you try to find that the team that probably has like two. Mm-hmm. But then when you start dribbling in that third running back and then they starting to get carries too. So it's the 33% snaps and then yep. up, you kind of really don't know. Especially so, in an yeah. offense like the Chiefs because they don't run the ball. They actually run the ball the least in the league in terms of not maybe rushing attempts, but rushing rate. Like they pass the right. ball like almost, I think, I'm trying to remember from when I was doing projections. I think they pass the ball like 64% of the time, something ridiculous. Yeah, and I believe that. So. But, then they, but they also do integrate their running backs in the passing game too. But is, is that going to be Pacheco? Is that going to be McKinnon? Yeah. Is that going to be CEH who all have passing? They have that trait for, for receiving. Yeah, and Pacheco did have, he did have those four receptions, but I don't think it's going to be something that you can rely upon. Every week it's going to be different, just who happens to be in the game when they decide to throw that that ball to the running back. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was all over Mahomes all game. Like, he was drowning, and I think that also kind of played into why their offense was struggling so much because he didn't have his reliable Kelsey. He's getting pressured every single time. He's dropping back, and the wide receivers have no idea what the hell they're doing. <laughs> so yeah. it was a, it was a rough gotta, game for Mahomes. That's something they got to figure out. Yeah. They can't, can't blame Chris Jones because the defense actually did a pretty good job today. Yeah. So. I, I do think, though, Montgomery would have had a much rougher time <laughs> if Chris Jones was there. Because all of Montgomery's runs, I mean, he doesn't bounce it out. He just goes through the tackles every time. Mm-hmm. Gibbs is the guy that, you know, can bounce them. Um, so with that said, I think we pretty much covered that game. Um, not anything, no crazy takes, nothing too concerning, other than maybe the fact that nobody really seems to be rising up in the wide receiver room for Kansas City. Um, so what are some, we can start with best bets. I only got one. Do you see any bets or anything that you think is a good you know good place to put a share into this week um my best bet i just put money on it maybe like 20 minutes before we uh, started the pod um is the minus four eagles versus the patriots at 425 um i'm not really sure why it's four points to be honest uh, i know mac jones and bill o'brien getting back together from alabama um but comparing the talent offensively for the Patriots to the town on the Eagles, I think they might win by like seven to eight points in that game. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the minus four for the Eagles on that offense. Um, the Patriots, their pass catchers, Juju Smith-Susser, the news came out that his knee could blow up at any time. I, I think that was, was that a pair? I feel like that was a pair, like it was a joke. I, I know, but that was weird. But they were talking about it on Sirius XM, like it was like real news. That's why I was like, I don't know what that even means. He just signed a three-year deal. Yeah. Um, and then Devontae Parker, obviously, who's he's probably he he hasn't lived up to the potential that he had. And they have yeah. two good they have two good tight ends, but 
the Eagles offense, I think, is probably going to destroy that Patriots defense. Um, so I think they can win by more than four. They probably went by a touchdown or t- between seven and ten, like I said. Um, if you want to alt that line um, to, to like a nine and a half, I would probably do that. That's just my personal opinion. I know I'm a homer because I love the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But I think just, just for, you know, looking at how they – played last year and they pretty much bring in that same offense from last year to this year i think they win by between seven uh seven to ten points are you worried at all because i think we see this every year in the team that loses the super bowl about that super bowl hangover to start the season um defensively a little bit yes offensively no just because the mindset that jalen hurts has um he's just so super focused he is i don't see him uh, with the leadership with that team, I don't see them carrying over bad juju, no pun intended, mm-hmm. from last year, <laughs> from last year to this year. Um, defense is a little bit different. Oh, the offensive coordinator now was the quarterbacks coach for Jalen Hurts last year, and he also coached him in high school and college as well. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. The defense was shown to side. Sean Desai is um, coming from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, they put new terminology in from that uh, bum Jonathan Gannon that was there last year oh, going to Arizona. Dude, Arizona's uh, going to be so bad. Yeah, <laughs> going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Sean Desai is a smart guy, but it's a new terminology with, with the, some new players as well. Uh, Garner Johnson's gone, um, and we got a new safety read Blankenship in the back. Um, so it's just something that they have to work through defensively. Um, but that's the only word I have defensively. Offense is the got you know, the obvious studs that we all know. Yeah. So so your best bet is you're taking the Eagles side of the my, uh, minus four versus the Patriots. Yes. And then mine, I'm going to be taking the Steelers side. They are plus two and a half at home versus the 49ers. So that means in a neutral site, you know, they're saying the 49ers are going to win because you usually give three to the home team. Um, I actually think that the Steelers are going to win this game. And, or I'm sorry, the I was messing up the plus minus. The, the 49ers are favored by a lot because you're supposed to give three points to the home team, which is the Steelers. So in a neutral site, the 49ers would be favored by five and a half, which I actually think the Steelers are going to win the game, which might be a hot take. But when I'm looking at this team, their defense could be back on the upswing. They could possibly have a top five defense this year. And then you're looking at their offense, and, dude, it was so crisp, so perfect in the, in the um, preseason. preseason. Thank you. Uh, I almost said offseason, in the preseason. <laughs> and not it's not just that because I was all over this offense. I don't know if you know how all, how on this offense I was. But Deontay Johnson, Kenny Pickett, I mean, Pickett's been ranked as my QB 14 since, like, the beginning of June. So he's been somebody, and that offense, it's something I've been bought into because the biggest problem last year was offensive line. They've added two or maybe three, but I know two new starters on the offensive line that are both upgrades. They've got Kenny Pickett going into year two. And they're giving him, it looks like, some more control over the offense because that was the only time he was really shining as a rookie was when like two minute drill came up when he led those three game winning drives no huddle Mm -hmm. like let me know what i'm like let me pick what i'm doing i got it coach and that's when they were good and it seemed like he was getting a little bit more leeway in the preseason so i'm really excited about this offense i think that 
the offense is going to match up pretty well with the defense. Not anything crazy. We might have a low-scoring game, and that's what the over-under suggests. But I think that the Steelers are going to come out and surprise people. And Mike Tomlin, I mean, those teams are always very well coached, always play very hard. They're going to get – they're at home. I just – it's hard for me to, to see them losing this game by – if they do lose, like by, you know, three points, which is basically what needs to happen for them not to cover. So for me, I'm going to take the Steelers as my best bet. Who's – a a start, somebody that you really want to start, or a couple, if you want to give a couple at a time. So I looked at. It's funny because I was looking at your starts that that you have. Right, my number one start is J.K. Dobbins um, for the Ravens this week. I'm a huge fan of him. Obviously, it's his second year um, coming back after that injury. I know he had the injury two years ago, and then obviously he came back last year had a, a little bit of scar tissue injury issue. Uh, last year so he really couldn't get into the groove of everything but in that new offense when you actually have good receivers um, with Odell, Zay and Bateman that's going to open up a lot and now they're going to be looking to pass more so the more they're passing it's going to open up a lot of that crap and obviously Lamar Jackson is still a rushing threat so they're still going to be looking for that as well that's going to open up for J.K. Dobbins against uh, the Texans this week with, you know, it's a new it's a new new defense with D'Amico Ryan. I believe in D'Amico, yes, but this is his first year trying to figure out everything. I think J.K. is going to go in there. It's going to be a good game script as well. I think they're going to probably float them out because oh, yeah. the, the, the Texans is, you know, again, they're in, they're in rebuild mode. New quarterback, new coach, new everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be too much for them. And like you said, the positive game script, <laughs> and they are favored by 10 points, which is a whole lot of uh, a lot of points. So I think it's the guy that's going to take over this, this, uh, this offensive script for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I liked a lot of the things you said in the very beginning because that kind of speaks to why I have J.K. Dobbins as a f- almost fringe RB1, I think RB14 is where he finished out my final like submitted rankings for the season because it's going to be easier to run. He's already the most, him and Nick Chubb and I think Miles Sanders have been the most efficient running backs on a per carry basis in the league with like, you know, 300 whatever so carries and since they've been in the league. And now it's going to be just even easier for him and while some people might say, oh, well, if they're going to pass more, that's going to be less running for J.K. Dobbins. Well, Todd Munkin shows to kind of invest more in one running back. So that'll balance out that difference. If they pass more, well, Dobbins is going to have a higher share of the workload in the first place. So it's fine. And they're going to be putting up a lot of points. And this week versus the Texans, favored by 10. Biggest difference in the week uh, of any team. He's a top five running back for me this week. I think he's going to go nuts. Um, So... Another guy that I like, another running back, who I think, because similar kind of situation, positive game script, second largest difference on the week is Antonio Gibson versus the Cardinals. You could say the same thing for Brian Robinson. I just like Gibson more because he's more explosive, and he does get some receiving work. So that's why I like Gibson. Robinson, if you're in a deep league, is, is another, you know, he's an okay play. He's going to get you consistent points. But how do you feel about Antonio Gibson? You, you feeling him like I am versus the Cardinals? So, so um, history shows that I, I'm supposed to hate Antonio Gibson because I didn't like him coming out, right? But I, I think that the fact that they are going to use him the right way finally um, as a as a receiver out of the backfield, 
I think against the Cardinals, obviously, they're going to struggle a lot. Mm -hmm. And they're going to use him um, out of the backfield. He can still run in between the tackles, too. Um, I think Brian Robinson, I probably have Brian Robinson a little bit higher than him in this week just due to the game script. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more inside with him, but I think Gibson's going to get a lot of work and probably give you a solid RB2 uh, week this week um, against this awful awful team because they're obviously tanking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah they are obviously tanking i would be i'll be surprised if kyler's a cardinal next year um, uh yeah i think they're yeah they, they gave him all that money to get caleb yeah <laughs> well yeah well are, so you think they might actually keep kyler is that what you're saying no no i don't think they're gonna keep kyler oh okay okay they're gonna he's, he's gonna be gone and they're gonna get caleb i <laughs> I keep hearing caleb might go back to college because of the nil deals but i can't imagine i can't look i get that but I cannot imagine that that's the thing people are going to start doing. You can tell teams no. Eli Manning did it. It was Eli, right? In that class. Yeah, it was Eli. Yeah. He went to the Chargers and he, he demanded to be traded. Yeah. So, the, I mean, you know, you could do that. That's way better than going back to college and possibly getting, you know, some crazy injury. So, yeah, and, and you that, make that your money. That $1 million dollars is not going to last over <laughs> your rookie contract. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. So I, I can't imagine that. I think that's kind of smoke. Maybe he's kind of already putting the warning out to the Cardinals. Like, hey, bro, don't be tanking for me because I'm not going to play for you. <laughs> Maybe that's what's happening. But um, to get back to some starts for the week, um, do you think Sam Howell is also a pretty good one? He's somebody that I had ranked higher than most. Some people started to catch up once he started looking good in preseason because he's got some good weapons and he's a pretty decent quarterback. Um, how are you feeling about him versus the Cards? you think in a super flex league he's a solid quarterback to play? Solid quarterback to play. That is perfect. I was just going to say that. Um, especially with, you know, he, Terry McLaurin is looking up like he's going to play this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Jahan Dotson as well. Sam Howell, to me, was a guy that everybody pretty much gave him because of draft capital. Shoot, I was probably one of them, to be honest with you. But I needed to see him play in an NFL-style offense. Uh, when he was in college in North Carolina, it was pretty much him drop back the pass. First free's not there and just run every time. The good thing is we saw his rushing upside. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's going to be just back there in the pocket distributing and throwing a pill. If he's out there and nothing is there, he gives you that little bit of rushing upside against the Cardinals. Now, to be honest, off the top of my head, I can't think of a uh, their, their number one pass rusher on the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. to be honest. So I'm not sure if he's going to have a lot of uh, time to even run because I think he has time to pass, pass in the pocket. <laughs> yeah, it so, might be. Uh, it might mean, end up being B.J. Ojulari, Aziz's yeah. brother. So, again, he's going to have time in the pocket to, to throw the ball um, to his to his number one targets. And this is where, you know, when you say Antonio Gibson, if he needs to throw the ball out of the backfield, Gibson's going to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jahan Dawson probably has a huge week this week too because of a Sam Howell. Yeah. So, um, so give me one of your one of your starts. I, I just gave a couple, so let's get a couple from you now. Yeah. So, uh, so I was go with Jamal Williams as well too. Um, I, I like it against the Titans. You said Kendra Miller is out and Kamara's out. Who is who else going to get the ball in that case? Um, they're going to need him to, you know, sustain the backfield. And Derek Carr, you know, he's just getting there. He still has to get his feet wet with them with them targets. We know Michael Thomas 
Is he going to be good? Is he not going to be good? Is he not going to get separation? We, I'm not really sure at this point. So he does have a Chris Olave, but again, we're in a, it's, it's a Titans team where they're kind of in limbo. Are they in? I don't know if they're going to be in tank mode. They're going to be in a rebuild, retool mode. So in that offense, the only person I would probably worry about that's on the Titans in the interior is Simmons, um, mm-hmm. who can pretty much get in the backfield, but they really don't have any other push in there. So I think Jamal Williams can get you a touchdown uh, when they're in the red zone. We showed that he can do it last year um, with the Lions. Yep. So I think he can give you he can give you a, a maybe fifty maybe fifty yards and a touchdown this week. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gives more, just because yeah. of, you know how there's so many people out, and they don't have to worry about like really managing Jamal Williams because Kendra should be back next week. Kamara's coming back week four, and Jamal Williams will be relegated to RB three at that point. Right. So I don't think they're really too worried about giving him a heavy workload. So he might be one of the guys that gets 20 carries this week. You know, 22, 23 carries. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. When you got another one, yeah. Um... I really don't have any more because it's just like a it's it's tough to pick a start <laughs> uh, during the during week one when yeah. you're trying to figure out like hey we don't know how these defenses is going to go so far yeah and how people are going to be used yeah I get yeah, that I could I could figure some out I know you have a few too yeah I've got three three more two of them are poof, two of them are tight ends and this is kind of if you're in that boat of like oh you couldn't play Kelsey last night versus the Lions because he was out. And our Andrews is kind of questionable. Let's say Andrews doesn't go. And you, you need people off the waiver. One guy that I never really thought should have been on the waiver in the first place, I didn't draft much of him because I always got my elite tight ends. That's kind of my thing. I'm an elite yeah, tight end guy. I'm with it. Um, I always got either Kelsey, Andrews, or Waller because those are my top three. Um, mm-hmm. But Higby was like tight end eight for me, um, like seven or eight. And it's just because of the volume. He's not really that good of a tight end. I mean, he's just kind of like Schultz. People are saying, you know, Schultz is not really that good. It was a product of the situation. It's going to be the same type of thing this year for Tyler Higby, especially while Cooper Cup is out. They're playing the Seahawks. Seahawks are vulnerable to tight ends. He's a PPR hog. And they're going to be playing catch-up because Seahawks might have one of the better offenses in the league. They're actually my my pick, which is a hot take, but they're my pick to make it to the Super Bowl from the NFC. It's either them or the Niners to me. I don't think the Eagles are going to get back. The team that uses, usually loses the Super Bowl doesn't they get back. Yeah. So uh, I'm going with the Seahawks there. I think they're going to be very explosive. So the Rams are going to be playing catch-up, having to throw the ball a lot. They're going to be in a hole. Cam Akers is not going to be able to just take over the game, even though the Seahawks are weak to running backs. I don't yeah. think that the game script is going to allow for that. So Higby somebody I like a lot. And then the other tight end is Hayden Hurst versus the Falcons. Because the easy take, right, a lot a lot of things that people are throwing out there is Jonathan Mingo. Because Thielen is out, or supposedly. Supposedly Thielen and Shark are going to be out. Terrace Marshall is definitely going to be out. So that's three of their four receivers that are that are gone, right? So Jonathan Mingo, he's the only wide receiver left. He was taken almost in the first round, top of the second round. He's the guy to go with. But for me, I'm looking at that Falcons defense. And I know that defense well because my Bucks play them twice every year. A.J. Terrell is a good corner. And if Mingo's the only guy out there, he's going to be the one covering him. So if a rookie is getting A.J. Terrell, who is basically like same height and weight as Mingo and can run with him because Mingo's not a burner, he's going to shut him down and they're going to have to look elsewhere. And what do they say is a rookie... Uh, rookie quarterback's best friend is a tight end. It's a safety blanket. So Hayden Hurst for me is your plug and play. If you've got a, 
a tight end who's out. If you've got Kelsey, if you got Andrews, or if you just don't feel good about what you got and you're just grabbing people at the end, you can plug in Hayden Hurst this week versus the Falcons. I think he can get you between 8 to 12 points, which is all you can ask for if you don't want have one of those elite guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got one guy as a quarterback, uh, Jordan Love. Now, I'm a huge Jordan Love fan. I'm not sure where you have him projected. I get a chance to look at the sheets, but um, him against the Bears this week, I think this is going to be where he's going to be his coming out party to where, okay, Jordan Love actually belongs. Um, <clears throat> the Bears, obviously, they're in limbo, too. They're kind of stuck in the middle, um, and they have a new defensive coordinator as well. I think the fact that Christian Watson has – uh, a solidified backfield with Dylan and Jones, and he has proven talent at the well. Not talent, I can't say like proven talent, but they show they have young talent, talent. Yeah, young talent, as in Christian Watson, Dobbs, and and Jaden Reed, which I'm a huge fan of. I think this is going to be his coming out party to where he kind of, I think he kind of torches them. To be honest, now the Bears are one point favorites, right? Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Packers. Um, against the spread, there will be plus one. I'll take them. I think they're going to win the game on the road because I just think they have more talent um, on that team totally, and it's solely because of Jordan Love. I saw a couple glimpses last year to where, well, I think when Aaron Rodgers got hurt when he came in, and the offense looked exactly the same, and needless to say, it kind of looked a little bit better because Aaron Rodgers was kind of, you know, <laughs> he was kind of out there at that time. I think he was just trying to get out of that town, but obviously went to go to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, during that offense just ran seamlessly through him, and I think this is going to be the year to where he looks like he belongs. So to touch on where I had him in the sheets, and I want to see if you agree with this comparison. I actually have him kind of in that Jared Goff range. I do think he mm-hmm. is better, but I think that just like the Lions, the Packers, they don't have like a well-developed offensive structure in terms of the receiving game that's going to be it probably be more explosive because Jaden Reed's explosive Christian Watson's explosive over the course of the season but they're all they're really young they're a really young team Jordan Love doesn't have that many reps yet and I don't think the Packers offense is going to be passing crazy they're probably going to be like kind of around that same 500 550 passing range that the Lions are at so it's kind of why I have him there because he doesn't show much rushing upside but this week do you still hold him in the spot that, you know, you think he's still a good start given the recent news that Christian Watson's probably not going to play? Yeah, I, I still do because I still believe in um, that offense. I think Jaden Reed is a guy that's going to, you know, show up and show out this this uh, this game as well just against that Bears defense because the defense is kind of in flux, like I was saying before, um, new defensive coordinator. And I think he can he can read and react and, and make the and make the right moves. And then obviously they've been talking a lot about Luke Musgrave as well. Mm-hmm. Those tight and heavy uh tight and heavy starts. But Luke Musgrave there's nobody else behind him. It seems like he's been getting all the starts. Um he was getting all the reps in practice and he looks like a guy that's probably gonna be an integral part of the offense as well. I know they're super young, but that that talent is is going to show. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to string everything together and look like a uh, a veteran organized team. That'll be exciting. I'm excited to see that. Um, mm-hmm. The last start I have, and then I don't have too many sits, so we won't go too much longer. But the last start mm-hmm. that I have is Mike Williams versus Chargers. I think he's a top 15 wide receiver this week. This is the highest over under now that the Chiefs game is over. This is the mm-hmm. highest over under on the week at 51. Mike Williams is fully healthy. Whenever he's been fully healthy, 
he has produced top 15 wide receiver numbers, and everybody has forgotten about him. Pretty much, hopefully, the only reason is because of injury issues, but he's fully healthy this game, so on a per-game yeah, per standard, if you got Mike Williams, man, put him in there because he's going to go off. This is going to be a shootout. Hopefully, that's what it looks like it's going to be in Vegas. And in the start of the season, Quentin Johnson is no threat. Trust me. No. Um, he is not a polished guy at all. He's not even the wide receiver three right now, so we're not worried about that. Mike Williams is going to do great. And one thing I'm actually excited to see is if they, because there's some whispers that they might try to use him in the slot, which would make him more consistent over the course of the season. So I'm excited to see how that works. But whether he's in the slot or not, he's going to go off this game, I think, him and Keenan both. But yeah. Keenan's obviously a start. I mean, everybody's starting yeah, yeah. Keenan. So we're talking about guys that you're not starting every week. Mike Williams this week needs to be in your starting lineup. You agree with that? Yeah. He's so it's, it's so irritating because the, the last offensive coordinator, they told us they were going to use him in the Michael Thomas role. The first, like, two games of that year, he was getting slants. He was doing everything short. Third, fourth game, he's, he's flanked on the outside. He's just going deep every freaking time. And that's how he keeps getting hurt because he's so athletic. He believes in his athleticism, and then he falls, and then he hurts his hip. He mm-hmm. hurts his knee, or he hurts something else. So hopefully this news to where if they put him actually in the slot and use him the way they're supposed to use him, I, I like him this week um, in, in that in that aspect. Yeah. Um, so how about you give us some sits? Because I've got two. I don't know how much you got, but let's work yeah, through our sits. Um, I, I know a lot of people have been high on um, – Gabe Davis this offseason. I heard a lot of news about him, but uh, talent is there. He's playing the Jets, and that secondary is pretty nasty. Um, I know they got Sauce and they got Reed on the other DJ Reed, I believe, on the other side. Um, I think he's going to get pretty much locked down. I think that that game might be a low uh, scoring total as well because that defense is pretty good um, on the Jets. Um, Gabe Davis, obviously, last year he had a whole bunch of hype didn't really live up to it uh so the off-season news he's been doing a lot better um better route running but if he's getting the jets week one and a lot of people are relying on gabe davis um i'm gonna probably sit him for this first week and then wait for the next week and and see what they play next week and then make that decision from there because that jets defense is just way too good quick question for you you have to pick one it's a, a flex pure flex spot who do you play gabe davis or Dalton Kincaid, who you think is going to have a better week? <laughs> that's a I would. Mm, that's a tough one. I probably would maybe go Kincaid to be honest with you, um, just because he's a, he'll be that security blanket, and they drafted him high. They're going to use him um, in the slot for the most part. So hopefully that, that outside is going to be shut down. To be honest, so they're going to have to. They're going to have to work in between that intermediate stuff, and I think Kincaid will probably give you um, maybe a red zone touchdown in the down down in that in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I would touch Gabe this week at all. Okay, yeah, and I, I can get that for sure. That's a that's a dangerous game to be playing too many people that are not your your marquee guys. DeAndre Hopkins is a sit for me versus the Saints. Really simple explanation: it's his first week in the offense with this quarterback, and he's going to be covered by Marshawn Lattimore the whole game. 
Lattimore is shut down. Hopkins is not some athletic guy who's going to be getting open. Yeah, he is one of those guys that's always hoping you can throw the ball to, but Tannehill's not that type of guy to just be throwing those balls up with confidence and giving back shoulder fades and all this stuff. So for me, Hopkins versus Marshawn Lattimore, week one in this on this team is a, a big sit for me, even though I love him for the season. Yeah. Yeah, Hopkins is a – I don't want to, you know, downplay him because he obviously has the talent. It's just – just as a whole for the season, it's just hard for me to to go with Hopkins just because they run the ball so goddamn much. And I know it's going to open stuff up, but we, we usually see the talent that he had with Houston. He had no quarterbacks. But at that point, they had to throw the ball, so he was getting that volume. The volume for me for a full season, he, I don't think he's going to give what people think he's going to get. Mm-hmm. So even starting this first week, obviously, he still is going to have to integrate himself throughout this this uh, this this game. But I don't think he's going to have as big a game as they think he will. Yeah. And then the other one for me is Damian Pierce versus the Ravens. It's the opposite of the J.K. Dobbins take. It's going to be a horrible game script. The Ravens have a good run defense. They have a good defense generally. And... The Texans' offensive line is dealing with some minor injuries, cuts, and scrapes right now. So for me, Pierce versus the Ravens, I mean, it, that's just a dangerous, bad game. Like, I would not be surprised if the Texans come out with, like, three points. I really I really wouldn't because C.J. Stroud is going to be put in a horrible position trying to play catch-up as a rookie in his first game versus a super well-coached over 10 years, one of the most consistent, best defenses and that's what he's going up against to start with. No polished, like really good, reliable guys to throw the ball to. A subpar offensive line. Like this is not a good situation. Week no, one, it's not. And, and uh, a lot of my drafts, I actually drafted the Ravens defense just for this one week mm-hmm. um, against that team because, like you said, they're they're brand new. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna throw some stuff at Stroud, and he's gonna be. He might throw a couple picks or two, but at, at the end of the day. That's that's this is the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, bro. Like that's yeah. how it's gonna be. Yep. Um, with with Damian, it's just so hard for me to sit him because where you, you got him to, at, you got to you man, Portman, you like, got where, to. Where you drafted him at. Some people have to start him, and hopefully, you drafted well in the back end, having a a, a running back that has a good matchup, and you can put him in. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that's that's where it's at. Some people might just eat it, but I don't. If if you only if you have a better option, if I'll, you just gotta throw them out there for volume. I'll give you some options that I think people might have. Tell me if you agree with this. I will right, we'll do a quick start sit. Uh, one, you know, whoever I say versus Damian Pierce, and we'll, we'll just burn through it real quick. Zach Charbonnet, Ken Walker just hurt his groin versus the Rams. Oh. <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Charbonnet, but I think I would have to go Charbonnet over him in that case if Kenneth Walker doesn't play. All I, right. don't, I don't know if it's, that's a, a bigger deal, like they were saying. Yeah. But I, that, I did see that growing uh, injury report. All right, what about our guys in Washington? Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, you taking those guys over him this week? Um, I'm probably Robinson. Not Gibson. Gibson. Okay. Yeah. Even in full PPR? Yeah, yeah. All I'll right. Okay. I'll, I'll take the Gibson. Game script. 
They're I'll, probably not going to have to throw the ball to Gibson as much. Yeah, I'll take. I'll still take the Gibson side on that one. Um, what about Jamal Williams? Probably Jamal, just Same. because he has the whole backfield. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about Raheem Mostert? Mostert for sure. Yep. Agreed. But if those, that's what I'm saying. If you draft, if you drafted them guys and you have that, do that. Take mm-hmm. the Mostert for sure because of the Jeff Wilson thing. And then I know A Chain, he's uh he's nursing an injury as well. Mm-hmm. So Mostert, hopefully he don't get hurt because you know he has that history. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> All right. So, you got any other sets for us? Uh, no. I mean, this this like I said, this this, this week it's one tough, is kind of yeah. tough to see who to sit. It's all right. Because um, obviously, I don't want to obviously say Michael Pittman because you can sit him. Yeah. Just only based <laughs> only off ADP. Richardson is just he's just a wild card. Yeah. Plus, I don't he think he's somebody people. Fantasy, but he might not be good for the pass catchers. Yeah, and I don't think people were really drafting Pittman as like a regular starter based no, off his no, ADP. Pittman, Pittman's been like their. He's been going late. Yeah, as he should be. Due to that quarterback play. Yeah, as he should be. Um, well, with that said, what let, let's finish with this. Is there anything – I've got a couple. Is there anything that you're really looking forward to to help us answer questions for the rest of the season in this week's games? I'm not sure, to be honest, bro. <laughs> so, just, yeah, I kind of I pounced that one on you. I know yeah, I yeah. did. So, I'll, I'll give you one of mine. Um for me, I, I, I'm excited to see Michael Thomas. Is I want to see, is this the Michael Thomas that we've been hoping would always come back? Or is this just like 70% of what he was? Because that is something that played a huge role, huge role in my Chris Olave ranking. I don't really have Chris Olave anywhere other than Dynasty Leagues. No redraft because he was just going too high for my taste. Kind of scared about what Michael Thomas might do if Thomas is actually back and healthy. Um, so that's one thing. And then I want to see how Mike Williams, if they actually do use him in the slot. Those are two things I'm really looking forward to this week. And also, the coming out party of my guys, Puka Nakua and Michael Wilson. Both of those guys. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to like- see what they can do if they do anything in their first game. All right, so i got something for you. George Pickens for the Steelers. I need him to go off. I think he will go off. I know a lot of people were talking about how he can't run routes, he can't do this, he's only doing 50-50 stuff. You've seen the, the play that he's had in the preseason. You saw a couple passes he caught last year. And a cool stat that I heard today is that the Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, uh, quarterback rating was the highest in the league last year. Ooh, that's a good stat right there, Portman. That's and a really good stat. You are and preaching to the I, choir. I, think, I love me know, Pickens. I, and I guess my, my humble opinion, because I'm just a Pickens fan, mm-hmm. I think George Pickens can be a fringe wide receiver one this year with his pure talent. That is a hot take, but I'm here for it. I yes. am actually a George Pickens guy, too. I didn't know you were a George Pickens guy. I, I do take Deontay over him, for sure, in fantasy. Um, I do think Deontay is safer. We'll get more targets, all that stuff. But I would not be surprised at all if Pickens does become just this alpha because i mean crazy concept rookie wide receivers can get better like yeah right <laughs> people are like oh yeah rookie oh he didn't he can't run good routes he sucks forever yeah, it's like, like a it's like a take lock thing like I, to me i wasn't the biggest fan of Traylon burks right uh-huh. because he couldn't run a route that's why when we, we went over the rookie um concepts last year we were i was saying he's a high level prospect but also a high level project mm-hmm 
because he wasn't polishing. He wasn't ready. And it showed last year. Mm-hmm. So this year, hopefully, he does better. Because mm-hmm. I don't like being the negative Nancy. Like, oh, yeah, this guy stinks. He's going <laughs> to suck forever. Like, it's not just like the Kadarius Tony thing today. Yeah. Just because he dropped three passes today don't mean that's his future forever. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. And, a, and I kind of have a – I have something speaking of negative. <laughs> I want this guy to play well. I just don't see it. Desmond Ritter for the Falcons. A lot of his passes, a lot of people saying he's going to do well. He's he's gotten better through practice. But every time I see in the preseason, all his passes are behind his receiver. <laughs> yeah, he's horrible. Dude, dirty. he's horrible, bro. It's, it's tough to see him do better if I'm seeing the same film from college <laughs> go into the preseason with yeah. talent. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, Kyle Pitts caught the ball. He got one-handed catch. That's because he <laughs> threw the ball right. Come on, dude. He got one-handed catch. <laughs> yeah, eight feet behind him because he's, like, nine feet long. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, like, I'm, I need to know. I, I want this guy to do well. But if he, if, <laughs> if y'all telling me he's going to do good and he's still doing the same crap, I don't see it. Yeah. So I hope I see better from Ritter, but I don't see better from Ritter. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna sit here and try to play positive either. I mean, dude, I don't have. You know, like at Dynasty Rewind, I'm like the redraft guy of the crew, pretty much. Like mm-hmm. I'm like the one who does the most redraft stuff, and I have zero shares of pass catchers in the Falcons on redraft and you guys can't see but Porkman's also holding up a zero um Bijan is the only person in redraft that I have drafted on that team so mm-hmm. yeah not for me man um with that said you want to leave us with anything before we go because we're pretty much wrapping it up yeah you know it's week one just you know make sure you set your lineups because obviously we have to say that some people just forget after week one <laughs> um set your lineups and enjoy the week one don't overreact please yeah if you overreact, you can be selling somebody who's going to give you still good value throughout your year. Don't don't overreact. Just enjoy the first week. Obviously, if you get if if you got an injury, then you might overreact a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if somebody has a bad uh, week one, week two, week three, just you know assess the situation and figure it out from there. Yep. Some people like the panic sell, and the next thing you know, your team is worse than it was before that yeah 100 with that said thank you guys for tuning in drop a rating drop a review it means the world to me and you know drop some comments if, if you like having pork man on here let him know come to the dynasty rewind we got plenty more content for you there especially if you are a dynasty lover um they even talk about college i'm, I'm not huge on that i kind of just evaluate the prospects when they're coming in um, but they, they're talking college a lot too, and there's a lot of good stuff over there. So check out Dynasty Rewind as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Good luck this week. Until next time, peace.